Welcome to Creative Place, the podcast for creative placemakers. I'm your host, Andrea Orlando. In this interview, Joe Palazzolo of New Jersey Community Capital talks about why the organization is investing in creative placemaking projects and how the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy illustrated the importance of such work. NJCC is a nonprofit community development financial institution that provides financing and technical assistance to foster the creation of homes, educational facilities, and employment opportunities in underserved communities of New Jersey. So we'd like to know what made you decide to create a fund specifically for creative placemaking projects? We started the fund because we felt there was a desperate need in the market, the community development market, for this type of dedicated capital to support creative placemaking projects. And how did you learn about creative placemaking, and what was it that you liked about it? Uh, I, think, I think it gets uh, to this question about how we learned about creative placemaking on, on why we made the fund. Um, we learned about it from the same way we learned about all of our other investment areas, which is by doing this work in our communities. So for example, uh, as far back as I'd say 10 years ago or so, we were involved with the Berg building in Orange, which is a project that Hans worked on. We provided pre-development financing to the project. Uh, We then followed that up with an acquisition loan for the project. It was taken out by someone else's construction loan. We didn't do the construction there. But ultimately, That created 32 units of what we call emerging market rate housing and then 10 commercial spaces on the bottom of the uh, bottom of the project. And all of that is part of Han's work in the Valley neighborhood in Orange, which has a very heavy arts focus. Uh, It's a lot of what Han's has been focusing on. So you do this type of work and naturally you learn about these projects supporting artists in the neighborhood or art galleries or other creative placemaking like projects. You just learn about workspaces for artists, for example, as part of the natural work that we do. Uh, So I would note that we didn't get involved in that particular project because it was creative placemaking, but because it provided an opportunity for affordable and safe housing uh, for artists and other community creators. And investing in those types of projects is directly aligned to the type of work that NJCC tries to do in our communities. It's directly aligned to our mission, which is to create thriving communities through strategic investments and knowledge. Uh, And then I guess another example of um, how we learned about this market was after Superstorm Sandy, uh, 2012. If you remember, the storm hits, all of New Jersey essentially shuts down for a few weeks. Uh, We worked right away with some of our banking partners to put together a fund for small businesses. But what we found was that many of the small businesses that needed help after the storm were arts-based businesses. So revenue was thin to begin with, and then when they were closed for two, three, four weeks, it got even worse. So we wound up financing uh, a bunch of small businesses with that fund, but also an art gallery. We did an independent artist uh, down in Ocean County who, you know, she was devastated by the storm. Uh, We worked with an organization that focuses on visual and digital arts. Uh, we worked with an independent movie theater, which is a pretty cool project, and you know, some other artists we worked with. So again, uh, we learned about creative placemaking through making investments in this area, just as part of our natural work and community development. Um, and then you, the, the first question you asked was about, why did we create a fund? 
And there's a, there's a few reasons why we, we created a fund that was specific for creative placemaking. First, we had a really great opportunity to work with uh, the, the people at the Kresge Foundation. We have a great partnership with Kresge. And I have to tell you that Regina and her team, uh, they're just phenomenal to work with. And I think it's not just because um, they're an investor, but they have substantially seeded our creative placemaking work. Uh, but they're also a great partner because they actually understand creative placemaking. So we can get investments from a lot of different places, but Kresge actually understands this market. Uh, they're on the cutting edge of the research in creative placemaking. Uh, they're like an industry hub for what's going on in creative placemaking. So that was a great reason for us to start a fund so we can work with Kresge. Uh, we also wanted to start the fund because the community development field, in the last 10, 10 or so years, they've really started to recognize that there is critical mass around creative placemaking. Um, and that you can actually begin to categorize many of our existing projects as creative placemaking projects. And when you begin to realize that you have that critical mass, um, then at least in our work here at NJCC, you begin to recognize that there's an opportunity to potentially attract socially responsible investors to support those types of projects. So we wanted to, to try to create that with this fund. Um, so in other words, you, you, know, you create a fund because there's a need and you want to provide an opportunity for well-meaning, well-intentioned investors and institutions to support that need. Um, you know, and also you want to support the people who would be uh, getting the end result of that fund, the people that you make the loans to, the organizations you make the loans to. Uh, so for us to, for us to align our work in a very dedicated pool of money for creative placemaking, um, it's been a pretty... Uh, awesome manifestation of our mission for us. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that there's a, what do you mean by critical mass? Well, it's interesting because I think there's a critical mass because people are now identifying projects that were once just called small business or once just called, you know, a little neighborhood project as actually being creative placemaking. And so in our work with Kresge, we recognize that even housing projects that you wouldn't have naturally called creative placemaking if those housing projects support spaces for local artists, if they support individuals who might work at a local culinary institute, that's part of creative placemaking, building that creative economy. Now, you know, some people would argue that art and arts activities are not as important as shelter, food, security, and safe spaces. With all the challenges that we face in New Jersey, why is creative placemaking in the mix of, of what you do? Well, those people would be correct. Uh, I would challenge them to think a little bit broader. And instead of focusing on one or the other, think about how you can do each, both, and all. So in other words, you, you can be correct that shelter and food security and safe spaces, that those are critically important parts of any community because they are. And the research backs those assertions that you need those elements of a community for it to be strong. But building safe, affordable housing doesn't mean dropping a focus on creative placemaking. And it's the same with food security. You know, eliminating food deserts doesn't mean forgetting about creative placemaking. And I would also take that short list and I would add to it. So you've got safe spaces, you've got shelter, you've got food security, but the list should also include economic opportunity. So it's only through the provision of, I think, real economic opportunities that individuals and families are able to stabilize their budgets, they can begin investing in their own futures. And if there's no economic opportunity for those people, 
then there's no long-term promise of independence, and that's really scary for the community development field. So at NJCC, we take a much more holistic approach to community development financing. And what that means is that you would be hard-pressed to find a loan in our portfolio that exists in a vacuum. Uh, in other words, we generally work with those individuals and those organizations who are part of a larger neighborhood change effort, which is a really critical part of not just creative placemaking, but all of the work that we do here. So when the economic crisis hit, I don't know, uh, 10, 10 or 12 years ago, we began talking about revitalization through first stabilizing neighborhoods and then through preserving communities. So you can provide safe, you know, affordable housing. You can provide, um, you can provide some better food options, healthy food options, already within the confines of what our neighborhoods have. Some, some places in, in New Jersey, they also integrate creative placemaking in those neighborhoods. So that they'll activate abandoned lots or vacant lots, and they'll put art installations in. Um, some of them will put in uh, sidewalk chalk efforts where they bring neighborhood kids together and have them draw on the sidewalks with the chalk just to have some type of art in the neighborhood. Uh, we've seen community art days in, in some of these uh, neighborhoods that are still stabilizing after the, after the market crash. So all that is, is part of the type and the style of neighborhood change that NJCC, you know, we try to support. Um, and then again, I would add to the safe neighborhoods and I would add to the food security and safe spaces that you need economic opportunities. And that creative placemaking is in itself an economic opportunity, not just for the artist, but for the support system that supports the artist. Artists have to eat. So there's got to be places for them to get food. They have to... Um, get their taxes done. So that supports the local, you know, professional um, individuals, that the local accountants. There's got to be a place for them to go shopping. So all of the small retail is part of that economic opportunity that you also need as one of the critical parts of a stable neighborhood in New Jersey. What we like to think at NCCP is that creative placemaking employs the arts to address those social challenges so that it's not just about the art, it's about harnessing the creativity of a neighborhood to make everybody's life, lives better. Yeah. No, we agree, and, and, and again, uh, this is what we see in our work. So a lot, of, a lot of our focus here is on making the initial loan, but we also, being the type of organization that we are, we follow you through that loan. So we follow you from not just the first handshake saying hello, but through the last loan payment and even beyond. So we have seen how embedding creative placemaking in stabilizing and emerging communities has helped strengthen those communities and the people who live there. Do you have some favorite projects? I know I'm kind of asking you like to pick your favorite child. <laughs> so um, sorry that I'm putting you on the spot, but maybe there are a couple that that are that really stand out in your mind yeah, for one know, reason or another. I don't know if I can choose just one, but uh, I'll tell you about two of them that, that stand out to me. So first, uh, one is Parlor Gallery down in Asbury Park. Uh, I really like that project because it really married a couple of the things that New Jersey Community Capital focuses on. So we made a loan to Parlor Gallery right after Sandy hit. And the loan that we provided to the gallery helped them refinance high interest credit card debt. In the wake of the storm, a lot of small businesses, and the gallery's a small business, a lot of small businesses went to their credit cards because it was quick money to help them get back open, help them pay their vendors. So we helped them refinance that high interest credit card debt. 
And of course, when you refinance high interest credit card debt, you free up additional cash each month that you might have otherwise spent on interest. Then you can redeploy that money into the business. So for us, it wasn't just a creative placemaking loan. It was also a small business disaster recovery loan. And I was just meeting with um, Jill and Jen, who run the gallery down in Asbury Park. I met with them last week. And it was great. It was a really great conversation because they were telling me about all of these wonderful opportunities that are now in front of the gallery. They're just hitting their 10-year anniversary next month in February, which is wonderful for, for an independent art gallery. Um, they've, they've become an institution, not just in Asbury Park, but in the Monmouth County area where people know if you have an art curation need, you can go to Parlor Gallery and Jan or Jill will help you out, which I think is just wonderful. So I love... I love that story. I love that they've hit 10 years. It's great. The other one I would mention, um, which we actually didn't make a loan to, but we provided uh, a guarantee on some financing that they got, is Marion P. Thomas Charter School in Newark for their high school building. And folks might say, well, why would you put an education building in your creative placemaking frame? Well, it's because it's a, it's a visual arts high school. It's a performing arts high school, a, cul a culinary arts high school. And I love it because you get to see hundreds of young minds wrapped around a black box theater, which is right in the middle of the building, uh, a state-of-the-art culinary area where they get trained and uh, how to make food that's much better than the food that I can make. Um, and it's, it's one of my favorite places to, to take investors and to take people to help, help them learn about what creative placemaking could be, uh, not just because you get the energy that's, of course, embedded in, in, the, in the educational environment, but because you can get a good sorbet at the uh, Culinary Institute there, so. Oh, well, that's definitely, that sounds like it's worth the trip, for sure. <laughs> I'd actually honestly love to go there and, yeah. and maybe record a session there. Yes, we should do that. Yeah. yeah. What do you look for in a creative placemaking application for a loan? Yeah. You know, our applications for creative placemaking they're much like your typical small business loan application. Uh, in fact, many of the smaller creative placemaking projects that come to us, they really do mirror what we see in the small business world. So you've got an entrepreneur who wants to take the next step with her company, and that's kind of one of the big takeaways that NJCC has had in our work with creative placemaking. As we have formalized this fund, we have learned that you know, most of the loans that we categorize as creative placemaking, they're very similar in size and scope to our small business borrowers. So there is a natural connection there. For, for an NJCC loan, if you want to apply for one of our loans, you know, we look for the organization's governing documents, you know, the bylaws, the articles of incorporation, resumes of key personnel, certificate of good standing, all these standard uh, organizational documents. We want to see about three years of financial history. So for some of the startup organizations, that's a little tough. Uh, we work with startups a little bit differently than your traditional borrower. Um, we want to see 10 years of operating projections. So don't just tell us how you're going to be successful today and tomorrow, but let's talk about how you're going to be successful in the long run. And 10 years is about where we want to look at. We also, uh, if it's a for-profit business that comes to us, we'll look at the financials of the owners of the business. If you own 20% or more, we'll look at the uh, financials of the, of the owners. We'll run credit checks on the owners. Uh, and if it's a, you know, whether, whether it's a for-profit or a non-profit, we'll run a reference check just anyway to see, you know, how you've worked in the market. We also look for project documentation. So if you're buying a building, if the evolution of your company is to buy a building, then we need to see the draft contract of sale, for example. 
and if you are buying a building, then there is a larger range of documents that we need to see, which can go from an appraisal to an environmental report, potentially an architect's report, uh, planning cost review, you know, so on and so on. There's a lot of documents when it comes to buying real estate, particularly in New Jersey. So then we take all that information and we synthesize it together. We'll come back to the, to the potential borrower with questions. We have an underwriter who works here and he will dig through everything that you've provided and ask questions about it. Those, those questions might necessitate the need for you to provide additional documentation, which is fine. That's all just part of the underwriting process. Are you looking also for a particular focus? If the loan is gonna come from specifically from the Creative Placemaking Fund, are you looking for something different than what you look for in the typical community development applications? So we don't want to see arts alone in a silo. And this is one of the great things that Kresge brought to us that has really changed our view on potential creative placemaking projects. We don't want someone to come and say, hey, there's this great revitalization project going on over here. Several blocks away, we want to put this standalone arts-based project. That's not what we want to see. We don't want to see projects that are disconnected from larger community development efforts. Um, and that's, again, one of the great things that we learned from Kresge. So if you look at the map of a typical community revitalization project, you'll see that the people who put these plans together, uh, they invest a great deal of time and energy into determining which type of buildings to build and what type of support systems to put in, what type of economic services need to be included, educational opportunities, and that's great. But every once in a while, you'll see something like a community theater or an art gallery or a museum, some type of small museum, that's included in the planning documents, but not necessarily part of the plan. So we don't want to see that. We don't want to see the building just referenced as part of a larger community that's two or three blocks off from you know, the main area that's going to be revitalized. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see the arts become otherized in the community. We want to see the arts and the creative community have a seat at the table from the beginning. And at least here in New Jersey, uh, we're seeing that happen more and more, which is great. Organizations like uh, Creative New Jersey does a good job at making sure arts have a seat at the table. Um, and they're really making an impact, at least what we've seen. They've, you know, organizations like that that are pushing the arts as part of a primary part of a project, a larger revitalization project, we've seen them have an impact. So what are we looking for? Uh, we're looking for arts not to be standalone in the silo, but rather to be integrated as part of the community. How do you evaluate the success of a creative placemaking project in both financial terms and in the human terms? Yeah, well, financials is both easy to quantify and difficult to quantify. So it's easy because from a lending perspective, if the loan is paid on time and as agreed, then, you know, it's, it's successful. It's pretty easy, right? Uh, but there are other financial impacts that we look for. And again, this is what makes an organization like NJCC and the CDFI industry in particular unique. Um, we'll look at financial impacts like the stability of the entity that we're financing itself. So in other words, is that entity, that small business, are they sticking to their plan and are they improving their own financial situation? And if the answer to that question is yes, then actually you've achieved both uh, a financial success and a human success. Because not only has the business become stronger financially, but chances are the entrepreneur who is running that business, they're now a better small business owner because they've worked through your loan. So you've achieved you know, two and one there. 
And when you can help an artist or someone with a creative mindset become a better small business owner, that's that's great for everyone. It's great for their community. It's great for them. Great for their business. Great for the people who work for them. It's great for everyone. But I would take the idea of human success and I would think about it from several different perspectives. So you have what I just mentioned, which is the success of the entrepreneur being successful at running the business. Um, but you also have you know, a very human and a very real success of integrating the arts into a community uh, where it may not have existed otherwise. So uh, that in itself is a tremendous measure of success. It's a strong measure of success when a community is drawn to those artistic elements. And I think this is a good point where folks can begin to expand their mind about what qualifies as creative placemaking. So think beyond your typical art gallery, your, you know, your, your typical uh, museum. But creative placemaking can be a music training center. There's a phenomenal music training center in Asbury Park that draws in the community from uh, miles around. Uh, it could be restaurants. It, it could be training young people for the culinary arts. It could be hands-on crafting, yoga studios, you know, wellness studios. All that counts as part of the creative economy. So when those types of businesses thrive, you can count human success in those measures. Thank you so much, Joe, for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it, and I do hope that we get a chance to talk again soon, maybe in Newark, and maybe over Sorbet. <laughs> that would be great. I would love it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Creative Place, produced by the National Consortium for Creative Placemaking. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please email me at andrea at cpcommunities.org or visit our show page for more episodes. Bye for now.